The Lord be with you. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We welcome you all as we gather around God's holy word and receive the gift of his very body and blood in the Holy Communion. A few announcements for this morning. First of all, Pastor Mac continues uh, teaching at our sister's seminary in South Africa. And um, if you've seen any of his Facebook um, pictures, I'm wondering if he's going to bring home a pet elephant. We'll see. Don't think that'll fit on the plane, but he's got good connections. So, um, Sunday school and Bible class. We invite you for a time of refreshments in the fellowship hall, Sunday school. The, the children meet in the uh, music room for opening at 9.30. Um, our class on uh, God's Holy Word meets in the gymnasium. Today we will look at First and Second Thessalonians, and our new member class meets in the uh, fellowship hall with uh, Mr. Buck teaching that this morning. Join us for our midweek uh, Lenten services, either at 8.30 on Wednesday or 6.30 p.m., uh, with a, a light supper at 5.30 in the uh, fellowship hall. The church council will meet at 7.30 p.m. on Wednesday. There are a bunch of other announcements in the bulletin for today. We encourage you to uh, take a look at those. Um, also would encourage you to take your green sheets home with you. They serve as a wonderful devotional guide uh, throughout the week. I believe that's it for our service announcements this morning. Please stand. The bells will call us to worship. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Let us kneel for confession and absolution. O Almighty God, merciful Father, Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday in Lent is from Genesis chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, Go out from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Huron. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired, and Huron. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Romans chapter 4. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but trusts him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the inheritance of the law who are to be heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, But where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, 
I have made you the father of many nations, the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead, calls into existence the things that do not exist. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. I believe in God the Father Almighty.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. All good teachers know that you have to start in the beginning with the fundamentals before you build on anything else. Because if you don't have the fundamentals right, you won't get anything else right. Two great movies. The first is that great movie as we move into March Madness in basketball is The Hoosiers. If you watch that movie, you know the coach will take them back to the basics, even practicing without a basketball. The other great movie, The Sound of Music, if you remember Maria von Trapp as she began to teach those children how to sing, she sang that great song, Let's Start in the Very Beginning, a very good place to begin. When you read, you begin with when you sing, you begin with do re mi. We all know that when you begin to read, you don't start with that great book, War and Peace, or for you ladies, Pride and Prejudice, but with perhaps a book like Green Eggs and Ham. When you learn math, you don't begin with calculus, but with one plus one. You have to know the fundamentals, and without them, everything else will be wrong. So if you know calculus and are doing a really advanced problem, but get some simple math wrong, it doesn't matter how much, how much else you know, your answer will be wrong. Or if you're building a road or trying to draw a straight line, if you're just a little bit off at the beginning, you're going to be off at the end. You need to get the beginning right, the fundamentals right, the foundation right, or all the rest will be wrong. So Jesus starts with this great teacher of Israel, Nicodemus, at the very beginning. Truly, truly, I say to you, Nicodemus, unless one is born again, or born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Everything starts with birth, the new birth, and goes from there. But Nicodemus doesn't get it. As a good teacher, Jesus repeats his answer, but with a little more information and explanation to Nicodemus's question the second time. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So this new birth is not a physical birth, but one that is done by water and the Spirit. The same Spirit that hovered over the waters of creation at the beginning of physical life is the same spirit that works through the water at the beginning of spiritual life in its creation. Or in other words, all this is a work of God. Life in all of its form is all the work of God. Not our work. 
So in the beginning, his word plus water plus his spirit equals life and creation. And still, to this day, it is his word plus his water plus his spirit which equals new life, new creation. Nicodemus still does not get it. It all sounds so strange to his ears. How can these things be, Jesus? Can a man enter a second time into his mother's womb? Really, Nicodemus, is that the best you got? It's all about the beginning. Nicodemus is thinking about what man does or can do. Jesus is talking about what God does and what God has promised. Nicodemus was thinking of how man can get to God. Jesus is talking about how God comes to man. Nicodemus is thinking about works. Jesus is talking about grace and gifts. And so Nicodemus is understandably confused. This is a whole different way of thinking. And it's why so many in our world today are confused. For still today, when it comes to religion and spirituality, many think it's about what we do or can do or have to do. It's about man's free will or man's works or man's decision. But if that's the starting point, or even near the starting point, then the end is going to be very far away from truth. Because that's not the beginning at all. The beginning is always God. Whether it's things physical or things spiritual, the beginning is always God. It's all about God coming down to man. It's all about God's promises. And so in the beginning, after Adam and Eve fell into sin and were afraid of God and hid, God came to them, God called them, and God made a promise of sending a Savior. And then this coming and this calling and this promise were repeated throughout the whole Old Testament. As we heard in the other readings, God came to a man named Abram, or Abraham, who did not know him, worshipped false gods. God called him and made a promise to him of a land and a Savior. And then down throughout the generations to Isaac and Jacob and Joshua and David and Solomon, God kept coming, kept calling, kept promising. And then one of the best examples which Jesus gives to Nicodemus, that great teacher of Israel. Remember Nicodemus? the children of Israel who were wandering in the wilderness. God sent fiery serpents 
so that they would look outside of themselves to God. God told Moses to make a bronze statue, a serpent, and to put it on a pole in the wilderness. And when they were being bitten by those fiery serpents, God told them to look at that serpent. What did the people do, Nicodemus? All they were doing was getting bit and dying. But what happened, Nicodemus? God came. God called. And God promised them healing and life and forgiveness as they looked to that bronze serpent on a pole. Well, that's what's happening now, Nicodemus. Because just as Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness, so now a man is going to be lifted up on another pole, the cross, the Son of Man, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. This is the fulfillment of all of that coming, all of that calling, and all of that promising. For God so loved the world in this manner that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So that man who will be lifted up for the life of the world, Nicodemus, that man is the Son of God coming and calling and fulfilling all promises of God. Look to him and not to yourself for life. But the temptations that we have and the problems that we face, we look inward to ourselves and not to God for our life. And Satan is our biggest cheerleader and fan in that. Oh, he doesn't mind anyone having religion or spirituality as long as you are trying to do it by yourself with your own strength relying on what you can do, because he knows that when you rely on yourself, you are his. A dead man, a dead woman. It's kind of like a man who's just had a heart attack and the heart has stopped lying on the table and those paddles are sitting next to him. He can't reach out to those paddles and give himself life again. It has to come outside of himself. We prayed in our prayer before. Oh God, you see that our, of ourselves we have no strength. That right there in the beginning is the beginning of all spirituality. The foundation. That is Repentance. Whatever you are going through in this life, you will need help outside of yourself. You need a Savior. You need forgiveness. You cannot do it. The prayer goes on so that by your mighty power, we may be defended and protected and saved, which is the cross with Jesus on it. Just as Israel looked to the snake on the pole in faith and lived, so look to Jesus on that cross in faith and live. And look to where that man of the cross promises to be with you today. In words, in water, in bread and wine. 
Now, many today, like Nicodemus, will ask, how can that be? How can a little water, a few words, and bread and wine be all of that? Which will be your question if your faith has started, started on the wrong trajectory. They will make little sense to us as Jesus' words to Nicodemus. So go back to the fundamentals. It's all God's doing, God's coming, God's calling, God's promising, God's giving, giving faith, giving forgiveness, giving new life from above, that we be born again from above and fed from above. And it's not that we have to go up and get those things that are above. God, as usual and always, always brings them down to us all the way down to the most simplest things. In water, in words, and bread and wine. Not very sophisticated, you might think, but even better than a snake on a pole. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Jesus came to save and give life. He came into the world and was lifted up on the tree of the cross that we might live. To be that connection between God and man, between heaven and earth, using the things of earth to give us life in heaven. Yes, even the water and the spirit of holy baptism, the words of holy absolution, the bread and wine that carries His body and blood, Looking to these in faith and receiving them, we are blessed and are given life. We are the children of Abram, but more than that, the children of God. That's the ABCs and the one, two, threes of faith. And even if you're a Christian, well-versed in the scriptures and into the calculus of faith, don't forget the basics. Luther called it the catechism. You could never know it well enough, Luther said. It was what God was always teaching us ever knew. Get it wrong, and your calculus will be wrong. Get it right, and even if you never go on to calculus, it's okay. Because eternal life is not graduation, but a gift to you from Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith to Christ Jesus, to life everlasting. Amen. We continue with the prayer of the church. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace that is from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of us all, let us pray to the Lord. 
for this holy house and for all who offer here in faith and piety and the fear of God, offer their worship and praise. Let us pray to the Lord. For Matthew, our synod president, for John, our district president, for Alan, our circuit counselor, for Timothy and John, our pastors, for all our teachers and staff, especially Jeff Shu, our band teacher, for all the members of our congregation, for the leaders of this church, for all those attending seminary and college preparing for church work, for our missionaries and chaplains throughout the world, let us pray to the Lord for our nation and for all our people, for Joseph, our president and Congress, for Tony, our governor, for all our state legislature, for our judges and magistrates, for all who serve in public office, for those who serve in the armed forces of our nation, let us pray to the Lord. For the sick, especially Deborah and Bart in management of an illness, for Bernadette, Sue, Jennifer, Sharon, Timothy, Doris, Benjamin, Coralie, Ronald, Heather, John, and Timothy in treatment for cancer. For Emily recovering from knee replacement surgery. Emmy in rehabilitation. For Renee Walschlager and Alan Vanderloo who will have surgery. For Sue Slimmer recovering from knee surgery. Lorenzo Sarabia recovering from a heart procedure. For Dorothy and Eleanor who are in hospice care. For all those to whom death is drawing near. And for all of us, that when our last hour shall come, we may depart this life in a confidence of a true faith, the consolation of a right, devout, and holy hope, and in the communion of Christ's holy church, let us pray to the Lord. Recalling all of those who have gone before us in the faith, rejoicing to share with them in that Sabbath rest which Christ has won for his people, that together with them we may be found faithful in the day of judgment and rejoice in the day of resurrection. Let us pray to the Lord. O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, we here remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Praising his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. As we gather together the offerings, we invite you to fill out the Friendship Register.
Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly me, trite and salutary, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take it, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
The peace of the Lord be with you always.
body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, strengthen, preserve, and keep your body and soul in the one true faith to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to Almighty God that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.